wasn't the case, and that's all right. But, uh, but God's given me a message from 1 John chapter number 5. To begin studying, and I believe, uh, Lord willing, we'll just look through uh, 1 John chapter number 5 over the coming weeks, as long as God allows. And uh, the, just the fifth uh, chapter is really the only chapter I've been studying recently. And uh, just considering faith and how uh, faith in the relation to our walk with the Lord, our walk with others, how our faith's intertwined in our love of God, our love of others, uh, our living for Him, and how that we are overcomers of all the things this world could, could throw at us, all the, the threatening things that the world could cast our way. We are overcomers through Christ. And I believe that it's important that we recognize that victory that God's given us. So we'll begin to read in 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 1. The Bible says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God and when we love God and keep his commandments, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God, and this will be our, our main verse that we will go back to over the time of our study all through the, this chapter, is verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for this opportunity you've given us to be in your house this morning. God, I pray that you would just bless us each and every one. God, I pray that you would just fill us with your spirit. I pray, God, that we would be empty of ourselves and all that we've built up and all that we've accomplished. But, God, we would be focused and pointed to, towards you and your son, Jesus. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. If you ask anybody about their life and these, especially a Christian, when you become a Christian, you realize that there are uh, many battles to face. There are many things that we're going to come across in our life that are difficult times, and we know that uh, there, there are perilous days and there's difficult circumstances that we'll all face. I've faced them and you've faced them in your life, and it seems to be a theme of my study and my prayer life recently of how do we deal with things. I just asked my mom this morning as I'm getting ready to go back to work, and I'm trying to accept that and try to I've, I've gotten kind of used to to being off work over a period of three weeks and I asked mom I said well I didn't say it exactly like this but I'll paraphrase I said mom how, how do you handle difficult people day in and day out and uh, how, how do you do that because she does and I, I admire that so much and uh, I know it's important in my job to, to deal with that uh, a lot but she's she just she gave me some good advice and we talked about that on the way over and I was thinking about that I was like you know that, that's just a part of my life. That's just a difficulty that I have to go through on a day-to-day -day basis. It wouldn't matter if I didn't have to go to work. I'd deal with difficult people somewhere. I'd run into somebody that wasn't uh, exactly like me or had something in their crawl, weren't happy about something in their life. I would face it regardless, whatever it may be. And so we know that there are difficulties in life. 
But we know that they're only, if you're a Christian, they're only temporal. It's only a, a short period of time that you'll have to face these things because we've overcome. We've got victory. And I, I think that it's important for Christian people to get a hold of that today and realize that we've got victory over all that this world can throw at us, all that Satan's devices can do to us, all that his darts can throw. That verse number four, it says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. The answer to my question, how do you deal with difficult people? Verse number 4, 1 John 5. For, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Regardless of what I face, regardless of what I come against, regardless of what I run into, it is through Christ that I can overcome. What a blessing that is. Why can't we get a hold of that? Why can't we get our joy back? Why can't we realize that, that we've got the victory? And it's through Jesus Christ. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing you can do. I can't imagine walking through this world and me being the one fighting the battles. I, I, you, we can't win that way. I can't win that way. I can't fight successfully that way. I might gain a little ground here, but I'll lose it over there. I might go up this hill, but I guarantee you there's another mountain coming, up, coming on the other side. I know that I over, I'm overcome of this world through Christ. And if I get a hold of that, if I grab to that, I could know and understand that these difficult people, these difficult times, the difficult days, the pandemics, the difficult stuff that we see on the news, the hard stuff we deal with at home, the stuff you hear at the doctor, it is all been won in a victory fought years and years and years ago on the cross by Jesus Christ. I'm an overcomer through him, but it starts with our faith. If you want to be an overcomer, it's founded in faith. So I want to preach to you this morning a thought, foundations of faith, overcoming, foundations of faith. We'll begin reading back in verse number one. It says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and every one that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. Now, before we go any further, we've read that verse, but I also want to consider a verse over in the book of John, verse chapter number one, verse number 11 through 13. It says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Friend, when you're born of God, that means you've got a relationship with him. That means that you have in, your, in yourself, you've decided, you've made that decision within to follow Christ. What that is, that's a foundation of faith. That is you saying, I can't see him. I can't know him as I would know you, Papa. I can't know him as I would know you, Austin. I can't know him like that. I can't see him as he's sitting right here. But I believe he's here. I believe he's moving. I believe he's within. I believe that he moves around. He's in this church and he's in the church down the road. He's in a church on the other side of the world in an Asian country. He's in a church in Russia right now. He's in a church on the other side of our nation. That's amazing that he has that power and that he has that ability. But whether or not I believe it, it that doesn't mean that it's so. It's so regardless. He's who he is regardless of if I choose to believe or not. But when I believe, I become part of a family. I get into the fold of his family that is eternal, that is uh, unbelievable, that's undeniable, that is beyond my comprehension. It is a spiritual thing that we need to grasp hold of and understand that the foundation of our victory is in our faith in Christ. And as that verse and as that scripture in the book of John says, it says, 
But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He accepts us into that fold. He accepts us into that family, even to them that believe on his name. It's founded in your faith. Which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You have had regeneration. At this point in time, you've had a regeneration within, and you have chosen to follow him. That is the foundation of your faith. And our faith, back over in 1 John, is evident in a few things. And I believe first, in the first verse, that it's evident in our love of God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him, also that is begotten of him. Now that's a lot. And I took some time to, <laughs> I was trying to, to read that, and, and I was trying to understand a little bit more. But let me give you the essence of that scripture. Those that believe on Christ are born of God. And therefore, that relationship means that you have a relationship with him. And when you have a relationship with something, when you have a relationship with somebody, when you have a friendship with someone, there is a natural love towards that person. Because of our old nasty flesh, we don't always choose to love people. But when we begin in a relationship with someone, I think about, and, and my, my mind comes to the chi- my, my son, and I think about the day he was born and I think about how you look at that child and there is a relationship there that is undeniable from the beginning and when you're born again in the family of God when you're accepted into that fold when you step out on faith and you become one of his children there is a relationship there that you didn't even realize that something was building up to but it was conviction that was building up to it it was the drawing of the spirit that was building up to it it was preaching uh, built up to it the time you spent in God's house built up to it and once you get it it's undeniable it's a relationship that you just, you, you can't understand. It's a beautiful thing. When you have it, it's hard to explain. But when, some, when you're talking to somebody else that has it, they know what you mean. That's a wonderful thing, ain't it? I, I like that. I like that man can't explain it. I can't sit here. I can tell you what it feels like. But until you experience it for yourself, that love of God, it's hard to comprehend. And when you feel it in your own life and you see it in your own family and you see it in your children and you see it in your spouse and you see it in the people around you, it's a beautiful thing that's undeniable. And so that love of God, whoever, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. Your relationship, there is a, a, an essence of love when you're, sa- when you're a saved Christian, born again believer in Christ. Those people, they have a love for God. You can see that. There's an evidence there. It's, it's not something that you... Well, you can ask them and they'll tell you, but their life and the way they walk and the way they live is evident of that. Not only do they love God, but they love Christ. You say, well, they're the same person. Well, yes, they are, but they did different things. They've done and provided different things for you and me. And I know that they're the same person, but they, they, they offer different times. I need them in different ways in different times, but I need them both. I also need the Holy Spirit. So I need them all three together. Say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, maybe we need to go back to the foundation of faith. It takes faith to understand and believe that there's this three, this trinity, these three different people doing the same thing, achieving the same thing. They're all God. They're all the same person, but they're different people. It takes a foundation of faith to believe that. A faithful person, they love God, and you can see that. And I think, well, just today, we we were out on our our way over here, and I saw some... Some people that I, I knew, uh, the, one of the guys I went to high school with him, 
I knew his grandmother, knew his dad, I knew a lot of people in his family. And I think about them. And I think that in my relationship with them, I, I just, uh, I pray for it. I don't know that they know the Lord. But his, his little grandmother, her name's Cora, and uh, his little grandmother, she is the sweetest little lady. You used to go to church with her years ago. She was the sweetest little lady you've ever met. And if there's anything that rings true about her, it is that she loves the Lord. It's that she loves God. It's that when, when her family didn't come to church with her, she got in that altar and she prayed. And when she couldn't, she would, in her, in her seat, pray. And you could tell that she was dealing with the Lord. And I, I, in my own pew, thought, I want some of that. I want a little bit of that. She's getting a hold of the Lord. She's getting a hold of somebody on behalf of her, her son, on behalf of her grandson, on behalf of her granddaughter, her daughter-in-law. Uh, that family that she loves, she is getting a hold of God for them. That's faith and love together. She had faith that God would make a change, and she knew that if she called on him, that he loved her, she loved him, through Christ we have victory, she got a hold of him. Now, I can't say that there's been, I, I, I haven't seen any change, but that doesn't mean she's not faithful. doesn't mean that she doesn't love God. You say, well, I haven't seen these results, or I haven't seen that. There's things I want to see God do. I really want to. There's things my family wants to see God do. There's things you want to see God do. And I've seen people pray and pray and pray. One lady in our, in our church, her son, would never come to church. Two of her sons, they got out of church when they were 18 and nearly 40 years old. They still they hadn't darkened the doors of church in 20-some-odd years. But I remember almost, almost every service, them mentioning, pray for my sons. She would come and she'd pray in the altar. And I've mentioned this lady before here. But she'd come and she'd pray in the altar, and she would never fail. And what, from what I could see, she would never fail to try to get a hold of God on behalf of her children. What a blessing that is that there's somebody that has the faith to do that. There's someone that loves God and knows that he loves her. And you know what? It was 20-some-odd years later, but they came back. They got back in church. They got right with God. They started getting right with people in the community. They started getting a hold of people and apologizing for things they'd done. God can do things, but there's a foundation of faith, and if we don't start there, how's he ever going to do it? We've got to come to him and say, Lord, I'm bringing something to you. I'm coming to you, and I'm sacrificing this, or I'm sacrificing that. I'm laying this down. God, please help me with this. And it might not be instantaneous. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next week. But if we have faith, we know that God loves us. And Lord, I'm going to have faith that you're going to do it in your time, in your way, whatever it may be. I pray often. I say, God, Lord, please give me the acceptance of your will. That's been one of the hardest prayers to pray. Lord, help me accept your will. Because his will is not my will or your will. If we're honest with ourselves, our will is what benefits us, is what helps us. And sometimes when we pray in our will, we're trying to help people around us. You know, that's one thing when we say, Lord, help my family, help my friends, help these people at church. That's all right, but Lord, do this, do that, do this. And we're not always praying in a, in, in a, in a selfish way, but his will is still different. Lord, please help me accept that. It takes a little bit of faith to do that. I can't say I always succeed at doing that. But it's important to know that God loves us, if, and, and we need to love him. We need to be an example of that. Lo the love of God, our faith is evident by the love of God. And so it goes on in verse number 2, and it says, 
By this we know that we love the children of God, that we love God and keep his commandments. By this we know that we love the children of God. So our faith's evident by our love for God. We see that in people. It's a beautiful thing to see people that love the Lord. But those same people will love others. I'll read it one more time. By this we know that we love the children of God. So we've in verse 1, we're thinking and considering the love of God, and a product of that, an intricate part of the love of God is love for others. That is one of the harder things to, to do in your life. And I told you last Sunday, I'm, I try to be a transparent person, but I told you, had a bad thought about someone, kind of a negative thought. You know what I'm talking about. You've done that. Had a little bit of a negative thought about somebody. And, I, and the first thing that came to my mind, Lord, help me to love people more. And it's just, it, that was a convicting moment in my life. Is I, I love God. I do. He, I, I, I love him. I don't always live like I should for him, but I love him. But how can I stand and say that I love him? Does it, does it bring reproach upon him if I don't love others the way that, that I love him? Because it's just one big circle. It's, a, it, it's essentially just, it just recycles itself out. We love God. He loves us. We're supposed to extend that to others. It's important that we do. It's vital that we do. And I tell you what, I don't want to love everybody. I see people and they do things and I think, why in the world would you do that? Why would you say that? Why would you act that way? I, I mean, and, and I've told you, it's, it's just, it's gotten, gotten hard at times to, to, to want to love like I should. But also, our faith is evident by how we love other people. There is nothing more worthless than a Christian that won't love anybody outside of the doors of the church. We've went on mission trips, quite a few mission trips up to West Virginia, up there. I'm telling you what, those people, that you've got to prove yourself to them before they'll even let you in to just talk about anything. Now, we're all mountain people, but these are mountain people. They're way up, way, way up in the mountains. And they've been burnt by the government on both sides. They've been burnt by this people and that people. And they've been burnt by church people coming in, feeling sorry for them, trying to do something to make themselves feel good. That's how they look at some of this stuff. And, you know, as you deal with them, it takes time. And when they see you come back two or three times and they see that you care, and they see that you love the Lord, and they see that you're loving them, not, not to try to help yourself, not to try to help your church, not for some post on uh, Instagram or Facebook, but they see that you're genuine, genuinely loving them, they'll let you in. And I tell you what, I value that. Because you know what? They try the spirits. They know. They know what's real and what's not real. You show up and you just unload all your stuff and get back, take a picture, get in the truck and go home, they don't care nothing about that. Matter of fact, they don't want what you have to give them, and they're in need. But when you offer them true, the truth, when you offer them love, when you offer them the, the, the spirit, and they can see that you're faithful, they, they're responsive to that. Over a period of about two or three years, we saw people get saved. God just saved people the first time we went. Next time we went, he still, well, I didn't get to go the second time, but he saved some people. And the last time that I got to go, he, he saved somebody that went with us on the trip. And I thought, well, after I got done preaching, I was like, Lord, I, I know there's some people here that need to be saved. Well, I got to talking to them and some of those folks after the service, and they're like, that was good preaching. 
You know, God saved me two or three years ago. God, you know, God sent the preacher of this church uh, down to my house one day, and we just got to talking. I got saved. God's growing people. It doesn't take me to show up and to do it. God's growing people and setting things up in his own will and way when I don't even realize it, when I'm at sleep at home at night. But loving others. Faithful followers of Christ are lovers of his children because they know that God can and will change anyone. Do we not think, you know what, I'm not going to pour my love into that person because they're not going to change. You know, I, I, we've, we've, in our own family, we've had people that's made me, made me a little mad. I've got frustrated at. I've got hurt by people in our own family, people that I've run into, that, that I'm, they're my third cousin. They're, I feel like they're doing me wrong. But you know what? At the end of the day, do I pray for them like I should, or do I say, well, that's just how they've always been? Well, old cousin so-and-so, he's been that way for 20 years. Since before I was born, he's been that way. Do I let that hold me back? Did you hear what I said? Faithful followers of Christ are lovers of his children because they know that God can and will change anyone. He doesn't care. If they come to him with a will and heart, he'll change them. So we shouldn't give up on people because we decide that they, don't, they can't change. We shouldn't drop the ball on prayer for somebody because we think that they're never going to change their mind. I tell you, the more and more I, farther and farther along I get into this life, I realize that really all the stuff you think is important when you're young isn't important. And then you just have a bunch of stuff to worry about that you didn't realize you had to worry about when you were young. A lot of this is just in your own life, in your own walk, sifting down and realizing what's important, what's vital. Family is important. I'd say it's okay to sacrifice some things or even friendships to put your family first. If you put your family first, you'll have an easier time in your friendships. You'll have more time to dedicate to those people. We were just talking about some projects and stuff. Shelby and I were talking about some projects and stuff we wanted to, to do around the house, things we got to do. You got a list a mile long. It takes about five minutes, and you got a list just you can't even handle. But, you know, we were talking, and I said, all the time I've ever really enjoyed in my life, grow, especially growing up, was just spending time with my family. Whether Nana and Papa always camping. You go camping with them every summer. We'd go camping with them. And we'd set out on our bicycles and we'd ride around the campground a hundred times till we were tired and Nana fixed food and it's time to eat and Papa would pray and we'd eat and then we were too tired to get back on the bicycles. And I think about those days and think about how simple and how I didn't have anything to worry about. It was just easy. It was just fun. It was just whatever. Those were the best times, some of the easiest times of my life. If I could just go back and get a hold of that one more time, if I could just feel what that feels like to not have all those cares and all those worries. Think about my, my dad's parents. All the time we spent working outside, working around the farm, doing that kind of things. Those were the best experiences. All those times. Just work, 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 work. But at the end of the day, you still wanted to spend time together. I may not be that way with you, and I find that with my dad, my uncle, and my brother, it's a little bit harder to work all day and still want to be around each other by the end of the day. But those were some of the best times. And if I could just go back and get a hold of that, just one more time. That's what victory feels like. But it's all these other things I've been distracted by that slow me down, that keep me from loving others like I should. I need to get a hold of what it feels like starting first, spending time with my family. 
just putting some of the things out of the way, getting some of those things out of focus and saying, you know, this other stuff doesn't matter that much. And then it makes it easier for me to dedicate time to others, those friends, those people outside of my family, to those this church people, people that I love, people in the community that I know. And that helps me dedicate more time to the lost. Those are the most important interactions that we have. Those people that don't know the Lord, they look at us. It's evident, our love for God, our love for them. It's evident. They see that. They know. It doesn't take long. It's amazing the discernment of a lost person. They can tell genuine from fake. Loving others. Our faith's evident by loving others. And finally, verse number three, it says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Verse number two finishes up saying by saying that, uh, by this we know that we, lo we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. And then it goes on in verse three to say, For the, this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. A Christian's faith is evident by the love of God, by loving of others, and by living for him. It's, that's an important part. That's a, that's what, and that's what this, is, what this scripture is saying is that we know that we love the children of God. When, when we love God and keep his commandments. Sorry, my contacts rolled up in my eyeball. Um, that is a product of our faith. And I need to, in my own life, there's things I need to work on. I'd say it's probably true for you. I love God. I think, I hope and pray that people see that. I hope you folks see that. And I hope you know that I love you, each and every one in the Lord. But I want it to be evident that I live for him. Because I can love God. I can say I love God all day long. I can say I love you all day long. But it's evident in how I live. And it says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. He didn't give us the, the key to eternal life for us to leave it sitting and avoid it. Say, well, I'm saved. I can get through life. Well, you can. You really can. I don't know how joyful you'll be. I don't know how happy you'll be. But, you know, as long as God allows you to live on this earth, you can do whatever in the world you want to do. Now, I'm not saying that as a Christian you can do this, 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 and this and really have it to begin with, but what I'm saying is you can choose to be a knot on a log. And there are church people that do that. There are people at home that do that. There are people down the street that do that. What I'm saying is that there is evidence in a Christian for how they live. I read this the other night, and I thought it was pretty fitting. It says, The birth of a baby is a common event. Two things are always true when babies are born. First, every baby is born into some family. Second, the baby has certain physical characteristics 
of his or her parents. He may have his mother's eyes or a nose like his dad. Newborns have characteristics of their family that in time become even more pronounced and recognizable. The Christian life is like that. Over time, you shouldn't be looking more and more like the world. Over time, you shouldn't, and I'm not talking about your physical appearance, this, that. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about how you live and how you walk, how you treat people. Over time, you should be growing into a person that looks more and more like Christ. A life sold out to him, people that live for him, that's what happens. Because when you're born again, you take on this new, this new name. His blood is applied to your heart, your soul, your life, your walk, everything that you do. You begin to change. There should be evidence of change. There should be evidence of salvation. And over time, you begin to look more and more like him. Our faith is evidence in our love of God. It's evident in our, our love for others, but it's also evident in living for him. It's vital that we live for him. So, well, I've been a Christian 20 years, and I look the same way I did when I started. I told you the title of this message is Foundations of Faith. Maybe we should go back to John chapter number 1, and it says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Let's go back to the beginning. When God changes you, when you accept him, when you step out on faith and you say, Lord, save me, and I take you, I can take you back to, well, it was a Wednesday night, Lester Baptist Church. Papa preached, God convicted my heart. And we went home and I was asking mom questions. I was I don't I can't tell you what I was asking. It was two thousand three or yeah, two thousand three. We're on our way home and I'm asking mom questions and that Thursday night we were home. It was September the eleventh, two thousand three. And I remember this feeling of conviction. And I could remember this feeling of, I'm, I'm, I literally, I could feel the, the, the heat of hell on my feet. Like I'm ready, I'm going to die and go to hell. I'm a seven-year-old boy. I hadn't done anything wrong. I didn't, I'm trying to convince myself that I'm okay. But it was a feeling like no other. It was a feeling like death was knocking on my door. I hadn't had time to do anything. But man, I'm glad God came knocking on my heart as a young little, as a little boy. And I remember going and burying my face in the seat of the couch. I can still smell that old couch. It's my great-grandpa's couch. I, remember, I, don't, I can't tell you what I prayed, but I know that I know that I know that I know that something changed inside of me. That there was somebody that came by, and I can feel it even thinking about it. His spirit walked by and just touched me. As that scripture says, Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. That was of God that day for me. Was it for you? And I'm not trying to make you question your salvation, but I tell you what, there's snake oil salesmen on every corner. There's people want to sell you some kind of fake religion on every side. And it may not be something for you, but just I pray that you know that you know that you know. Say, well, I love God. I love other people. I like that question I posed, that, that question I asked. 
20 years time living for the Lord, you should look different than you did when, he, when you started. Like that song said, I'm the cotter, I'm the clay, you are the potter. When that potter starts, it look, it's just a big glump. It's a big old mess of whatever, that mud or whatever. And he makes it into something beautiful. He doesn't just make a, a ball of that and get it all nasty and just leave it out to dry. He works it into something worth having. In your Christian life, time, there will be evidence through time that you're living for him. The foundations of our faith. We know that it's important that we're born again of God. Not of will, not of blood, not of whatever. But we're born again of God. That's the, the foundation for this message, these messages God's given me on overcoming. Because it's got to start there. That has to be the foundation. There's a lot of people that think they have victory and they don't have victory because they don't have the faith from the beginning. In our walk, if we're saved and we have that victory, we've got to remember, go back to that day. You know, when you read the Jewish history, it was important to them. You hear them say so much about their forefathers. You hear them, the, gene, the genealogies in the scriptures. My goodness, we can get into the genealogies. And I like that kind of stuff, but this confuses me because you got all these names I can't understand. It's easy for me to talk about my great-great-grandpa, but, you know, to, to understand this was vital to them to pass down their history. Is it not how important to us is it that we go back to that day that God changed us? That's the foundation. If we're going to take time and study, God's given me this. If we're going to take time and study overcoming, getting victory through Christ, we've got to start with that foundation of faith been all over the place and I apologize but it's what God's given me